NPR. This is The Indicator from Planet Money. I'm Darian Woods. And I'm Paddy Hirsch. Inflation is behaving like a stubborn cartoon donkey right now, digging its hooves in and refusing to budge. We heard yesterday that consumer prices rose a little compared to last month, which means, if anything, the donkey's getting one over on its owner, pulling us a wee bit off balance. And meanwhile, the Federal Open Market Committee is getting ready to make a decision on whether or not to raise rates again. And the economics world is abuzz with opinion on this matter. Yeah, some say the Fed needs to keep paying attention to the demand side of the economics equation and that its aggressive rate increases have done a good job of taking the heat out of the economy so far. But there's a growing chorus of opinion that it's not the demand side of things that's been driving the fall in inflation. The Roosevelt Institute released a piece of research last week with the provocative headline, Supply-Side Expansion Has Driven the Decline in Inflation. What does that mean? Yeah, so very catchy. And a translation of this is that it's not the rising interest rates that's been bringing inflation lower. It's just improved levels of supply. What? This is kind of upsetting, right? I mean, if it's the supply side that's bringing inflation down, then were all those rate hikes even necessary? So on today's show, we're going to take a look at the debate about what's behind the fall in inflation and the decision the Fed has to make about what to do with interest rates. It's coming up after the break. This message comes from Apple Card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase. That's 3% on products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Humana. Employees are the heartbeat of your business. That's why Humana offers group dental, vision, life, and disability plans designed to protect them. Exceptional service, broad networks, and modern benefits. That's the power of human care. This message comes from NPR sponsor Arctic Wolf. Their researchers have released the Arctic Wolf Lab's 2024 Threat Report, Why will 2024 be a volatile year for cybersecurity? Learn more and get your copy now at arcticwolf.com slash NPR. Headline inflation was more than 9% in the fall of 2022. Back then, we were living in a very weird world. On one hand, we were still suffering from the near economic shutdown caused by COVID and the war in Ukraine. So remember all those supply shocks that were reported on over the last few years? The clogging at the West Coast ports, the shortage of everything from ketchup to garden gnomes, the rise in the price of oil and gas and grain and iron ore. All of these things strangled the flow of goods into the U.S. and it made it harder to get the things we wanted and needed. That shortage of supply drove prices up. And on the other hand, we had an economy that had been flooded with cash thanks to various government stimulus programs and giveaways. People quit their jobs. Companies in retail and hospitality were scrambling for staff. Wages for those workers jumped. People were spending. And that demand also drove prices up. The result was inflation. An inflation that the Federal Reserve and the Treasury said was short-term. It was temporary. What's this word we remember? What was that word? It will be transitory. That's, that's a transitory thing. These things, transitory effects. But then 
came the rate hikes, one after another, bang, 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 like nails in the lid of a debt-lined coffin. There was pain, there was anguish, banks went bust, mortgage rates soared. But eventually, inflation did cool. Even with this week's kind of so-so CPI number, headline inflation is down below 4%. So, victory lap for the Fed? Well, maybe not. Mike Consul is Director of Macroeconomic Analysis at the Roosevelt Institute, a liberal-leaning think tank. He says it's not the demand side of the equation that's writing the inflation ship right now. It's the supply side. A lot of the slowdown in inflation has happened basically because we've been completing the reopening, because supply chains have been sorted out. So this is literally just the pipes are flowing again, stuff's coming through, we're now able to buy it. We've got more of the stuff that we want to buy, and that has reinvigorated the economy and got us to a place where we don't have to worry so much about inflation. Is it as simple as that? When we say it that way, it sounds super simple, but you just think of all the disruptions from the lack of semiconductors, from essentially a year without making cars, to uh, a huge upgrading in the labor market. So, you know, comparing our economy now to 2019, there's just so much that has shifted. And one way economies handle shifts, uh, especially these kind of relative shifts, is with increasing prices to help um, reallocate supply and demand. And that seems to have played the majority of the role in the rise of inflation and the majority of the role in the decline of inflation. Are you saying that if we didn't need to be increasing interest rates, we could have just waited for supply chains to kind of rearrange themselves? So my research has found that maybe about a quarter to a third, depending on how you're looking at it, could be a response from slowdown in demand, from people spending a little bit less, which could be related to the Federal Reserve. In other words, the Fed and the Treasury had it right the first time. Inflation was mostly transitory, and a recovery is pretty much about improving supply. But not so fast, says Michael Strain. I see demand-side cooling as the kind of primary factor in the disinflation. This, Michael, is an economist at the American Enterprise Institute, which tends to lean conservative. I think you're starting to see signs of cooling with respect to consumer spending, particularly spending that occurs through credit cards um, as a consequence of higher rates. That's going to lead to a reduction in consumer demand for goods and services, which should have a disinflationary impact on consumer prices. Michael says reduction in demand for labor has been particularly important. It's reduced costs for businesses and allowed them to raise their prices at a slower rate, which has been a big contributor to the disinflation we've seen. To be fair, both Mike at the Roosevelt Institute and Michael at AEI both say the disinflation that we're seeing is a result of a mix of supply and demand pressures. But Mike at Roosevelt is very firmly in the it's way more of a supply issue camp. And that also puts him firmly in the it's time to stop hiking camp too. I think this this next meeting, the Fed should absolutely pause. And I think they've they've hopefully are, are going to do that. So... A lot of people would look at this and say, inflation's really, really high where I live, and this, I go to the grocery store, and it's still costing me 20% more, and I go to the restaurant, and things are 25% more expensive than they were two years ago. Yeah, so there's going to be two elements to this. One is that um, this is a deceleration of inflation. So instead of inflation more in the 5 to 7% range, we're now seeing it closer to 3 or 4%. Uh, and that means that a lot of the prices for staples that people expect to be a certain price point from 2019, be it food or automobiles or housing or everything else, um, is going to be more expensive going forward. And so that is a shock, and we can understand why people are upset about it. Upset about it? I know some people, and I read their posts on social media, who are raging. 
Other people, of course, are raging about rising interest rates that are messing with their home loans. So I asked Mike from Roosevelt, with the benefit of 2020 hindsight, of course, if he thought the Fed had screwed things up unnecessarily when it embarked on these hikes in 2022. The Federal Reserve moved quite fast, but it's also worth noting that they waited a long time to raise interest rates off zero. Unemployment was basically at 4% when they did that. So they understood themselves as having waited too long to raise interest rates and thus had like an extra catch-up to do. So just because Mike is in the no more hiking camp doesn't mean he doesn't feel the Fed's pain. There is a lot of uncertainty about the current economy, and that could conceivably include more inflation down the road. The nuance of specific decision-making really depends on what happens in the next six months. And there's I've seen credible stories saying inflation picks up a bit more versus it falls even further. There's still a lot of spending in the economy. There's a lot of investments rolling out. Um, the nominal GDP, the rate at which people are spending money, remains very strong. Mike's worry is that if the Fed keeps raising rates because of the shock the economy's taken due to the speed of their increase, we could tip into recession. Over at the American Enterprise Institute, Michael Strain says we're pretty much already there. I would raise rates again this month. I think interest rates are so high right now that uh, a recession is extremely likely. And so I think when you're in that world already, then the sooner the recession arrives, the lower the risk that it's relatively more severe. You're a man who likes to pull the Band-Aid off fast. I think that is a a reasonable analogy. I think we need the Band-Aid to come off. The Federal Open Market Committee is not a monolith. Like Mike and Michael, they all have differing views on the state of inflation and what to do about it. And in light of this week's CPI report, which saw inflation ticking up a wee bit, its 12 members will be sitting around their table, or maybe on Zoom, having exactly this debate about what to do next. This episode of The Indicator was produced by Cory Bridges with engineering by Neil Rauch. It was fact-checked by Cooper Casper-Kim. Kate Buchanan is our editor, and The Indicator is a production of NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Charles Schwab with its original podcast, On Investing. Each week, you'll get thoughtful, in-depth analysis of both the stock and the bond markets. Listen today and subscribe at schwab.com slash oninvesting or wherever you get your podcasts. This message comes from NPR sponsor Rosetta Stone, an expert in language learning for 30 years. Right now, NPR listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership to 25 different languages for 50% off. Learn more at rosettastone.com slash NPR.